we uh, officially are done with college, and I'm, I got I'm my... not done yet. I have still to do my paper. Are you all done with your Hurry work? Hurry up, man. Yeah, I'm finished. I finished today. Wow. So, wow. I mean, yeah, my class has, like, one more meeting at 6 tomorrow just to, like, say farewells and stuff, but that don't count for anything for me. So, I was wow. like, you know what? I went and got me some nice headphones. You so, can hold a mini graduation service right now. Yes. I will mispronounce both of your names as I call you up to the stand. <laughs> okay. Uh, Pytar Echivi. Yes, yes. Master of me, Arts. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That would be Sean, very nice. Sean Ruiz. <laughs> Bachelor of Science. No. Please step up. It's not even my major. Congratulations, you both completed your two-year degrees. <laughs> it felt like two years. <laughs> off before I want to uh, before we begin I just want to say to everybody who's listening that's graduating this week congratulations on top of that Lady me, so. oh, <laughs> no <laughs> refunds and on top of that me and Pete have finally graduated and now we're going to be struggling citizens of the real world yes happy graduation welcome to coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> It is COVID times. The COVID wars have begun. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, congratulations, everybody. Sorry you can't have a commencement, but it's okay. Uh, Zoom calls are good, too. But uh, anyway, yeah. uh, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Improvatory, the podcast that tells stories <clears throat> through improv. Uh, it is the season finale. This whole year went by real quick. Uh, we had a lot of episodes, and now we're going to uh, close off this season with what is now called the heist on the Titanic. Yeah, but those other episodes don't count because only one of them had me in it. <laughs> no, technically there was one, two, three, four, five. There were six of them that had you in there, Anthony. Really? Yeah. In the epilogue, wow. in the epilogue I will tell you. Wow. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> but that's anyway. a good idea <laughs> but anyway yes. back to the story it is a stormy night the evening before the bon voyage of the titanic 1901 the fateful voyage yes four men gather in a room outside of the docks <clears throat> a large building uh, they're, they're all coated heavy jackets and hats and move them as they enter the room one by one and take their seats around the round table. One of them <clears throat> was holding a briefcase which he opened to pull out some documents that he laid out on the table. The other three men, uh, Seaman Peter, <laughs> Captain Deshaun, and Special Agent Anthony <laughs> sat patiently waiting for their instructions. Oh yeah! Yeah, I'm Peter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the greatest seaman ever, man. I'm just waiting for the captain's orders. All right, you can stop acting now. <laughs> so I stopped Peter from his little persona that he wanted to put up. And <laughs> I'm like, the real mission begins. So the three of us, we're uh, con artists, and we stealing diamonds. There we go. The, the crowned jewel of England that was to be transferred over to the Americas 
via the Titanic. But the thing was, uh, the the crown the jewel. Next day. Yeah, but the the crown jewel was a uh, top secret. Like, no one knew that it was on board the ship except for like you know the royal guards and like the queen and everybody who, like you know, was trying to have it safely transferred over without you know people knowing. So uh, sadly enough, they didn't know that we knew about it. And we're like, you know, an Ocean's 8 type, but we're Ocean's 3, so there's like three of us. And we had schemed together to get on board the Titanic, and we've been planning out how to steal the jewel. So, this man with the briefcase was essentially like our contractor that finds us jobs, uh, gets us like all the details and the, uh, like, the information on what he knows about the layout of the ship. Uh, so we've known this man for many, many years. He's basically, you know, he finds us our jobs and we complete them. He gets a cut. So he passes us over the blueprints to the Titanic, showing us the building of it and how, like, the bottom layout where all, all like, the, uh, like, inhabitants stay are all, like, compartmentalized, right? That was, like, the fancy design of the ship, that there were compartments all across it and how like the top floors were basically for the wealthy and as you went lower down they were smaller compartments yeah, yeah, the basically top... for workers and the, yeah. the the less wealthy yeah like the top people top floors <laughs> like first class and then third class is all the way at the bottom and then towards where the the hull which is the back of the uh the ship is where they store like all the the, the cars and people's merchandise and hidden gems and even dogs because you know dogs weren't allowed to stay in the room so they put them down in the bottom corner that's right so our agent who we've only ever referred to him as jackal uh he gives us the information he's like now the problem is is we don't know where they're going to be keeping the gem exactly we have a couple of different theories but there's multiple layers to the ship and different spots that they could be hiding it in now I, what I need you three to do is you are going to each stow away on a different part of the ship as different members of society, and you're going to gather as much intel as you can just to meet back up and launch your heist. <laughs> Once you grab the gem, you will be taking one of the lifeboats on the side of the ship located uh, up on the decks, and you will sail <clears throat> off to uh, my tugboat where I will pick you up, and I'll find you using this Radio Beacon Tracker, because it's 1911, and this is the best shit I got. 1912. Yes. So, so Pete, he, since he's the, uh, the actor, he goes into first class, you know, has the, the nice little top hat and everything, while Anthony, he goes into the second class, which is like, you know, the, the, the medium people, and then I go into third class, which is full of the poor people. Like the coal but, workers and stuff. Yeah, the, the coal workers and the, 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 the lower class that barely could afford a ticket to be on this uh, five-star voyage. And uh, the reason why I went with the third class is because I know I know I have, you know, the street smarts. I know the, the people down there. And they, they know things and how to get around the ship and steal stuff. So I try to configure with them on how to, what would be the easiest way to get to the, the hole where the the gem is stored with all the other stuff so we all accept our mission and we all uh we gather up the fake tickets that 
uh, Jackal printed for us, and we all catch a few hours of sleep until morning, when the storm has passed, and we all get ready to board the Titanic, one by one. First th is the first class boarding. Peter is boarding the ship because he's first class, so he must present his ticket to the ship guy and get in line. And he's trying not to blow his cover because it's a fake ticket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here you go, good sir. Here's my ticket. Thank you very much. As Peter walks down the railway... <laughs> uh, sir, I'm gonna need to stop you right here. Uh, <clears throat> uh, this ticket says you're traveling with a... You're reserving a room for two. Surely you have a wife or something with you, right? Are you staying alone? Or you must just be a very wealthy man, <clears throat> the guard says to Peter. Yes. Good enough for me. Go on, and <laughs> the guard says, because he gets paid minimum wage, and he doesn't really care. <laughs> Next up, middle class boy Anthony, <laughs> and waits for all the first class folks to finish, moving. and he walks over, presents his ticket, no troubles, he's in. He goes straight to the buffet. <laughs> Lastly, co-worker Deshaun <laughs> boards with all the workers. Uh, who, uh, and he had actually managed to steal, uh, one of their, like, outfits, and he was boarding from the back ship entrance to uh, go towards, like, the, you know, the other part. So, I'm, I'm going back there, and by this time, I've already made, uh, two friends with um, the coal workers, and during our conversation, we were talking, and, uh, I see as we're walking, like, to our stations and stuff, is... Uh, the, the storage place where the other workers are putting all of the, the luggage from all the first class and all that stuff. And I see this uh, giant crate uh, that looks very elegant for, you know, commoners in the city. And it's being put uh, within a vault, like in the corner of the, the room. So. Uh, I noticed that, and then as everybody else is getting settled in within the Titanic and I'm starting to work, I'm trying to uh, map out in my head while also keeping a little note in my pocket uh, the way down to the, the hall. Uh, so afterwards, uh, the, the ship sets sail, you know, on its little fateful voyage, and our heist begins. So the, that night, after hours of the ship going uh, through, I'm finally off my shift, and I quickly go up to the I go up to the deck where uh, me, Peter, and Anthony are supposed to meet up to discuss our uh, heist. So, meanwhile, Anthony had gone straight towards the middle uh, tier of the ship, uh, right from the buffet that was still there. <clears throat> now, he had to wait behind all the fancy folk, but he still got some of the buffet because he's middle class. So, after grabbing his food, um, he sits near some uh, uh, finely dressed folk that were actually talking to what appeared to be one of the captain's guards. And he just tries to see if he can overhear like any intel that you know might be getting passed around right now. And he actually does hear the guard uh, whisper over to one of those fancy folk trying to impress them that uh, his uh, selection of men had actually been hired by the queen herself for a very important job. Now, 
<clears throat> Anthony was very happy to hear this because this confirms Jackal's intel that the crown jewel was definitely on the ship somewhere. Now, obviously, this captain wasn't foolish enough to give away where it was, but having that knowledge confirmed, now they could start moving around to where We're you know, those, those hiding spots might be. So he leaves uh, that part and he heads up to the top of the ship where he's supposed to meet the Shawnee people. I am in my room wondering where I am. <laughs> and I look at my watch and I'm like, Time to remind how fancy the ship is. <laughs> because we're yes. all pretty poor in real life. <laughs> and, we, and we had never seen such a grand ship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I take note of the hinge for my window. And I'll save that memory for later. As I go to meet up with the son and Anthony. <laughs> and we look at him and we'll wonder what took him so long. <laughs> <laughs> and we share our intel and we're like, why, why did we need that? <laughs> we didn't need any of that, Peter. <laughs> it's a very interesting hinge. <laughs> <laughs> you were enjoying your wealthy room too much. <laughs> anyway, so it's about mid, you know, it's about mid, it's about like getting into the evening time now, right? So the sun's still up while the ship is sailing. We're pretty deep, like, into the Atlantic Ocean, so we can't see any more land now. But the sun is still up, just starting to go down. And um, based off of Deshaun's mental notes and what Anthony knows about the middle part of the ship and Peter's very limited knowledge of the wealthy part of the ship, i.e. his room, <laughs> we start drawing out locations of where we think the most secure spot would be if we were to hide something. And we decide that, if anything, it had to be towards the bottom of the ship because the, the wealthy part of the ship up top, like there was no room reserved for anything that wasn't being like luxuriously displayed or anything. So they had to be, you know, in some compartment down below. Mm -hmm. So so I had mentioned about the, the crate that I saw that looked out of place and being put inside a vault. And then uh, afterwards we started uh, planning out are um, how we're going to, to manage to reach it and stealing it because <clears throat> uh, as much as we would want to take it right away uh, there's a lot of planning that we got to do in order for this to go right without anybody knowing so uh, it took us a couple more days to a week to plan out uh, so we figured that since Pete is the actor he's going to yes. entertain the the populace <laughs> the populace <laughs> while Pete I mean while Anthony uh, ma uh figures out where the guards uh quarter is where the the head guard of the ship like head security because he's the one that has all the keys to each of the gates of the 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 hallways and stuff so if we get the master key we'll be able to get each through uh through each gate that is sep separating the, the levels between classes. So it'll be easier to go from the first level all the way to the bottom. While me, uh, I'm basically uh, keep working while also uh, checking out where the crate is gonna be during this time. <laughs> and <clears throat> that's when Anthony suggests that they also take a trip to the guard armory. It's a very small room located in uh, near the captain's quarters on the ship. Um, now, along with getting the captain's key, uh, the three of them didn't bring any type of defense or weapons onto the ship with them, as that would have blown their cover. So just in case things go sour, they make sure that they note where the armory is. 
because they need weapons. Anthony does throw a knife in right there. Mm -hmm. So he's got a knife in his pocket. So, so after weeks of after a week of planning and then having several more days of plotting it out, managing to get the key, and also just enjoying the life on the Titanic as we can, uh, I managed to make friends and stuff. And finally, the night comes that we decide to enact our plan. So we, uh, basically, we all went in our positions. So Pete went into like the grand hall where you know all the entertainment is, and that's and mind you, there was a whole party going on. So uh, he had he was able to get everybody's attention. Meanwhile, me, I'm down at the, uh, the hall, and then Anthony, he's. Uh, I don't know, doing something. Anthony is... Going uh, to the armory. Yeah. He's going to the armory. <laughs> so Anthony Sharpen makes his way up to the armory. <laughs> yes. He stole the knife he stole from the buffet earlier. Now, the, uh, for this occasion, they had all packed a uh, set of outfits with a identifying patch on their arms and headgear that they would put on just in case, uh, like, their cover was blown so they could maneuver around the ship without having, like, their identity discovered. So, Anthony, so I walk up to the armory, and um, there's, like, a steel bar kind of, like, window peering inside, so you can glance inside uh, the quarters, and I see that there's one guard in there, and he's standing dead in the center. So we have the ma I had the master key with me, so I knew I was going to be able to enter, but there was no way without getting around this guard. So I either need to decide to leave the armory and we need to conduct the heist without getting any weapons which is obviously dangerous because if we get caught we're not going to have any way to defend ourselves and they're not going to take any prisoners or I need to kill the guard or at least incapacitate him in some way so we have time and I have time to secure some weapons for us and so we chose to incapacitate so Anthony opens up the door. <laughs> I look the guard in the eyes. He says, what are you doing? And I shove that sharpened butter knife straight up into his throat. <laughs> as, he, as the light leaves his eyes and blood gushes down from his throat. This man killed <laughs> I cover his mouth so he can't shriek, and I gently lay him down on the ground telling him it was going to be alright. <laughs> so, this guy, this guy's dead. <laughs> oh, I gathered up the, uh, the uh, couple of uh, weapons I can find. So, a couple of different... Um, types of rifles and some type of uh, protective like leather armor that we can wear underneath our our garbs and I stow I <clears throat> I use the um, agreed upon whistle to summon up Peter from his other location and he finds me and helps me grab the body and quickly dump it overseas so then after all yeah, of that dark didn't you I gave us the option. We could have gone without weapons. I, I <laughs> said, was your fault. I said incapacitate, not kill him. How <laughs> was I supposed to do that? I got knife. So I'm oh, arguing. So I'm arguing with Anthony while Pete, while we're waiting for Peter at the grand staircase. <laughs> Whatever. Here's your weapons. And then uh, I tell them that the, the way down to the halls uh, now open because most of the workers have now stopped because the boat is 
slowing down and we go uh, down to the hall where the, the hidden crate is and I use my little uh, lock pick and like other little devices because I know how to like pick locks and like break into safes and stuff so as uh, I'm doing that uh, Peter has dressed himself up as a guard to keep watch and Anthony is also keeping watch but he uh, as a guard as well and as I'm picking through uh, the two notice a guard uh, like two guards coming up and they're like oh uh, what are you doing down here so I'm trying to stay quiet trying to pick the uh, the safe and Peter and Anthony try to distract the guard and try to push them away or something so Peter and Anthony have a choice to make they need to either try to distract this guard without blowing to Sean's cover or they need to kill them we distract them <laughs> Says Peter. <laughs> no more bloodshed. <laughs> so Peter, being a well-renowned actor of the streets, uses his skills to distract these guards. Exactly. And I use the art on the magic. So I bring out a card, a deck of cards. I go up to the, the other guards like, hello, fellow guards. I have a card. Pick one. The other guard picks it up. He shows it to the other guard, and I told them both to turn around. Then I whisper to Anthony to turn to me. So Anthony <laughs> takes the hatchet that he secured from the armory earlier and buries it into the neck of the guard on the right. Before the guard, the guard on the left quickly spins around, shouting. But Anthony, but Peter already pulled up his rifle from inside his dodge and and shoots the guard in dead center between the eyes. And and they I both fall down. And then I say, "Is this your card?" And I'm looking at I both. Thought, of I them. thought I thought we were going to distract them. This is it's a Sean's fault. Them. We distracted them before we killed them. That's it. This is Sean's fault. And I'm, and I'm yelling at them like, how is it my fault? Because I'm doing this. Because you knew Peter was not a good actor. <laughs> we can't distract nobody. So I, I, I'm like, you know what? And then I decide, uh, I, fin I finish up uh, picking the safe and I open it. And it, inside is the, the crate. And so uh, I grab the, uh, a crowbar and I uh, break the, the lid off of the crate and then push it away. And then inside the, that crate is a small box. And it's like, you know, pristine, covered in gold and leather and all this other extra stuff. So we already know that we got the jackpot. So then- But it is locked. So you kind of open this box as the key we have does not open it. And then, uh, so when we notice this we're trying to figure out like why um, like why we didn't think about this and like who um, like has the key or anything like to open it and then suddenly we hear um, uh, a pistol uh, cock like behind us and we turn and there's like th four other guys in like black suits and uh, <laughs> And they're armed, and they're aiming their guns at us, and... It's uh, another team trying to steal this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> their leader. <laughs> His name is Brad. <laughs> Brad he says, drop the crate <laughs> if you want to get out of here. <laughs> you already have blood in your hands. <laughs> Why don't you just walk away? And then, and then I say in the distance, no, you. He looks at his hands as I shoot his hands. <laughs> Before Pete can shoot his hands, though, because I, we don't know if that would have worked out, suddenly the entire ship lurches from the left to the right. And we look out, everything shakes apart, and we all fall, you know, like fall to our hands, and we stumble back up to our feet and try to peer, like, uh, like outside this. Um, locked room to see what's going on and we see everyone's freaking out and the lights on the ship are blinking and we hear people shouting that we've hit something and uh, uh, what I realize is uh, the, the main leader guy the in the black suit he has um, like uh, the, he has the key to opening the, uh, the, the safe so I take advantage of the situation and I snatch the key and then I push the guy out of the, uh, out of the way and I tell Anthony and Peter to, uh, to run and I'll meet up with them at the grand staircase. So they run off causing the, the other three guys to uh, chase after them while I quickly uh, open the, uh, the, the safe, the, the crate thing, whatever, and inside is like a, uh, a crown with like this most rare uh, gem on it. So uh, as much as I wanted to look at, uh, like me be mesmerized by it, uh, I'm about to be attacked by the, the main leader guy. So I grab the, the crown and I put it inside my satchel that I have and I start running off as the guy uh, gets up and starts firing at me and I dodge the bullets and I notice that in that same moment there's a bunch of water coming in from the hull and we start running. So when Anthony had made this mad dash he had heard all the folks scream that they had hit something and he could see some water starting to seep in as they were already on the bottom of the ship, which would be the first to start leaking. So he tries to run over to the staircase, um, like one of the staircases that would lead up towards like the middle tier of the ship, but as soon as he does, he hears uh, guards stomping down, um, yelling, like trying to get down into the lower part of the ship. One, because they were calling out that they were looking for the other crew members who had mysteriously gone missing down here. And two, because they needed to find a way to evacuate folks from the lower levels. So without being able to go up towards the guards, because he felt like they would know uh, to stop them, Anthony has to go down deeper into the bowels of the ship where he can try to find another escape route. Yeah, so... With, while being chased by one of the henchmen. So, as Anthony is doing that, Peter, he manages outmaneuver the, the guy that was chasing him, and uh, I managed to catch up with Anthony. And I was telling him that I know another way up, because of the, the third class, they have their own 
staircase to get up to the upper levels. So we go that way, only to find out that the entire place is clogged with other third-class people, because uh, what one of the security guards did was they closed the gate. There was like another spare master key, so they closed the gate and locked it, leaving all of the rest of the third-class people to be trapped down there. And as the security guard is about to run off, because uh, the water is like seeping in, uh, we try to figure out a way to break down the gate. Yeah. <laughs> now, Peter had been holding that beacon um, that their informant Jackal had given them that he was supposed to ignite, but once we had gotten to one of the escape boats. But as um, a couple minutes go on, more and more water is starting to pile into the lower levels of the ship. And, and people are, are starting to yell about needing to get off the ship, while some others are still like in disbelief, saying that's going to be fine. They just need to patch the tears. <laughs> so Anthony uh, is still on the bottom of the ship, and he's being chased by one of the henchmen. But he manages to lose them when he turns one of the corners. Uh, but the corner he turns into happens to be the lowest level of the ship, which at this point, like yes. it's it's down a, a staircase, so he still has a little bit of a high ground on it. But when looking at it, he already sees three to four feet of water filling these compartments. And he knows that this isn't going to be patched and the ship is going to sink. But he has no way to tell Deshaun and Peter, who don't know for sure yet. So uh, he doubles back, hoping that because he lost them, he can go back at that staircase. Sprinting up, goes up the staircase, makes it to the middle tiers, and then heads back up to meet where Deshaun said at the Grand Staircase. I hope you know I was with you, so we managed to go together. Wait, you were with me? Yeah. <laughs> yes. We, we Wait, were... was Peter with us? No, Pete was a separate way. Oh, good. Um, so, well, we like... did all that, and then we go to meet Pete. Yeah. <laughs> so as we rendezvous on a different part of the ship where there isn't a gate, we realized that the at... part of the boat was already underwater, and that the hallway is full of water we decided to take a chance to dive through the water sunken hallways to see if we can escape on the other end where an active elevator is there. And I, and I tell him like, you know that's like very cold water and that's about like a, a solid three miles of water, right? <laughs> and then I, I point back while I'm a very cool man. And in the background, you just hear people screaming <laughs> and disgust. <laughs> So we abandoned that idea, <laughs> and because we still have the gem, yeah, um, we grab Pete, who's still thinking that he can swim under his water, and we just make a mad dash to the top of the deck. Yeah, so so what we do is we run up the grand staircase, and we go down one of the hallways that's still free, and yeah, we go up the steps, and that's where we manage to get up to the front deck to see that half of the, the ship already is underwater. Is lurching, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's like more like one quarters of the ship is like basically underwater right now. Like so, the entire deck is still up, but uh, the under kind of belly of the ship is definitely like perched down. Yeah. So it's already sunken below. And so we need to grab a lifeboat that already like all the inhabitants that could fit on the deck were already all up here, including all the wealthy people who are being ushered onto the life 
coats. Yeah. So we looked around and we're like, what do we do now? There's no way we're going to be able to take one of these things by but ourselves. Then, yeah. But then I tell them, I have my ticket which says I was in a rich person's room, which means I was technically rich in this mission. <laughs> so, so he goes up to one of the security guards that's ushering people in on the lifeboats. And the security guard is like, no, women and children first. So then, uh, are you, they push are you us... telling me what I am, sir? <laughs> so they push us. So they push us back and let in women and children on only. And then, many questions why we have guard off, guard off the time. <laughs> and then, because of that, they're uh, he's ordering that he help. Uh, he has us help all the other women and children get on the other lifeboat boats. Cause, That's right. Because we're thieves, but we're not cold-hearted, and we know that everyone around us, if they don't escape this ship, they're all gonna die. We might have to kill those guards, but we're cold-hearted. So we we decide that it's we have the jewel, so now we're just gonna try and escape, but also help people in need. So uh, we go to uh, we save a couple of children that are like lost orphans because their family members are either dead already or. Uh, had gotten lost, so we we gathered them. Yeah, out. just like that one guy from the movie. We find a bunch of poor kids and we say they were their dad. <laughs> so we're saving them, and then we're running by, and all we see is like the whole orchestra, you know, when they're playing. <laughs> to keep everybody entertained while this is all going on and it's panic. So. Uh, we managed to reach uh, one last lifeboat that hasn't been touched yet, and I set it to where it's about to get ready to hit the water until uh, suddenly uh, the leader of the, the other, the heist team, uh, stop, uh, puts a gun on us because he managed to catch up. So, while this is happening, Pete slyly passes Anthony the radio beacon that Jackal had handed him. And he activates it so that Jackal will know their location to come up with their tugboat because he should only be a few miles away at this point. But while the this crew member, these uh these heist members are pointing guns at the three of us and we don't know what to do as we are on the edge of the ship and there's chaos ensuing everywhere. So what we do next is nothing because the tip the ship is starting to tip over. We we just say, Why do you even want this? The ship is going down. <laughs> And so the other, uh, the heist leader, Brad, he says, I'll make you guys a deal. I have one uh, ship stowed away that we will only need to j jump and be in the water for a few minutes and they'll pick us up because I'll shoot out this flare from my flare gun and he'll know it is us. And if you let us have the jewel, I will give you a spot on my lifeboat. And I say so that's... Not, not knowing if we can trust him or not, and he looks at Deshaun. And I say that's a lie because, as you can see, there's a bunch of flares going off for SOS anyway. <laughs> <laughs> My flares blue. <laughs> All the flares are red, he says. And I'm like, no, I don't trust it. And then I, uh, I ask him again, like, why would you uh, risk your life for uh, this artifact, even though that we kind of did too? Like uh, the, the gem piece. And he's saying that it was an ancient artifact that has like uh you know that that's really rare and would pretty much go for the highest bidder that type of thing and he would he would rather die 
uh, trying to get it than, you know, not having so. Yeah. So He also says that this artifact is so ancient that it actually has also been worshipped in various cultures throughout history for the belief that it contains pure like it's kind of like a light it's so, like, so it's, it's like, like a life crystal thing so so it's like connected <laughs> like, to the yeah, yeah, it's he, like whoever con- holds it you know it's connected to the fountain of youth yeah and yeah. he not holds his stone <laughs> no nah, nah, it's not that bad <laughs> but you know chaos is still ensuing and, and we're all being held at gunpoint here and half of the ship is underwater actually three-fourths of the ship is basically underwater at this point people have been jumping off we hear like shrieks coming from everywhere and i'm like deshaun i i don't know what to do i mean if we we have to give it to him i mean even if he's lying we're gonna die no, no. and then i tell anthony i have a plan so uh what i do is uh since there's a whole bunch of chaos going on and he's like obviously distracted by what's happening uh i managed to slip anthony the uh the uh the the crown and i have them go on the lifeboat because you know there's they're the guards and they need to protect the kids and all that stuff and i uh run off pretending that i have the crown and he starts shooting at me and he chases after me uh and then what i do is i go back like towards the chaos of the ship as the water keeps rising because at this point uh it's like almost tipping up to the top where it would just sink plop down so uh i push through the 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 chaos as he's like chasing after me and uh i run back inside because there was nowhere else to go so as that's happening pete and anthony me and pete are trying to get on a ship or, you know, one of the lifeboats, but right as he boarded, uh, I still have the, the crown jewel inside of my pocket. And I'm, I've basically got, like, one foot on the lifeboat right now. And this is, like, one of the last ones. And I'm trying to get on, and at that moment, bang! From about ten feet away, a shot rocketed straight through my chest. Or, basically on, like, my lower, like, the lower abdomen. And Pete looks over and he sees that it's the captain of the guard, the one that Anthony had first overheard talking during that buffet. <laughs> he saw, he saw what, basically what we had done, uh, like that little fiasco and overheard us, and he put the two and two together because his crew that he had sent below deck had recovered, or at least found the bodies of like the killed guard members he had sent down there to protect the jewel. And he knew that it was being stolen, so while he knows that the ship is going down, he wasn't going to let us get away with it. So now that I'm shot, I fall back onto the, the lifeboat, but I'm bleeding out. But I'm still holding the gem, and the other people on the lifeboat are freaking out, but it gets lowered down into the ocean, and we start drifting away. Yeah, so... so and Deshaun is still missing. And since I'm... Although I'm an actor, I'm also a registered nurse. Not common for the time, either. Wait, so... Wait, Am so... I going to make it? <laughs> You're gonna make it, and then I slap Anthony silly, like cartoon style, because the 19. But then I just, but then I just, but then I just lose more blood, and now I'm in more shit. <laughs> I'm talking to myself, shit. <laughs> and then, and then, because uh, Anthony, you're on the the lifeboat, right? That's right. Me and Pete okay. are on the lifeboat All with right. the gem, but I'm shot and bleeding out. All right. Boat. So, so your Anthony is bleeding out on the lifeboat, and Peter is taking care like trying to tend to him with the the kids help and uh anthony realizes that uh in the when that moment when he got shot and he fell inside the lifeboat 
he accidentally dropped the gem. So the gem is actually still on the boat. And uh, at this point, the boat is already like about to keep going, uh, sinking. And uh, uh, me, while I'm still in there, uh, I'm at the, like towards where the back at the grand staircase, cause it's still there until, but it's like flooding in with water everywhere. And I realized that there's nowhere else to go because I'm still being chased and shot at by the leader of the, the other heist group. And so uh, the, the leader catches up to me, uh, whatever his name was, Brad, right? Yeah, Brad. So he, Brad aims his gun at me, uh, tending to try and like, you know, finish me off. But uh, him and I, like we get into a small fist fight before uh, I kick him inside the, the icy water as it floods in and we start to realize that because uh, at this point in time uh, the ship actually snaps in half so uh, it's starting to crack at that moment uh, at that point and water just floods in so I take that chance to run back out uh, to the to the deck as the ship is starting to uh, go straight up and everybody has to hang on like rails before they fall into the water and stuff and I, uh, I'm holding on to something and I'm trying to figure out like is there a, like a place that I can because there's no lifeboats left so I'm like trying to basically survive as Anthony and Peter are in the lifeboat watching as the Titanic sinks. So, that's right. So, Pete and Ant are in the lifeboat. I'm looking around. Uh, I have blood coming out of my abdomen. And we see a bunch of people in the water everywhere. So we see a bunch of people drowning. Like, you know, men, women, young, young kids. They're, they're all, like, struggling to stay afloat. Some had life vests, some didn't. And I realized that I had dropped a gem back on the ship and that this was basically all for nothing. And uh, so, you know, Pete is worried about where Deshaun is and he's also trying to tell me that, like, you know, I'm going to be okay, I'm going to be okay, but, like, I know that we're probably not going to get out of this. Our last hope is that we set off that beacon and that tugboat should be coming, but Jackal's ship, as we had all been on it before, is pretty small. It can only hold maybe like max like a hundred people um and that's probably going to take at least like another hour or two to get there so meanwhile we see a couple of people are drowning near our lifeboat and they're basically holding on to like some driftwood so uh like feeling like to make up for our actions on the ship where i had taken down those guards <laughs> you know <laughs> stone cold <laughs> i tell them that will switch places. So I hobble into the water and swim over and grab onto the driftwood and they Ooh. take my space on the lifeboat as I watch and wait to see if I can find Deshaun. Ooh, that's cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the water's very cold. <laughs> and that's freezing. So uh, at this moment, um, so Anthony, he's on the driftwood and all you can hear is just the screams of people because at this point, the ship has finally gone down and the titanic is no more and all you have left is like you know pieces of driftwood and 
other things from the deck that was able to float and people are either holding on and floating around in their life vests but they're all freezing to death because you know the water is you know uh below zero and uh so anthony with whatever little life left he had he uh swims around uh with the driftwood searching for me and then he sees that i'm holding on to a a, like i I guess it's like a a wooden door or whatever it looks like because it's just floating in the air and i'm holding on to it on the edge and uh it looks like i'm like near death you're holding on to the windowsill (laughs) from peter's room that he was so fascinated by (laughs) (laughs) so recognized by its very interesting hinge i knew it would come in handy one day so so anthony uh floats over and he sees that i'm i'm freezing to death and i'm near death and in my hand is the crown because I had managed during uh, the whole fiasco uh, situation with me trying to survive on the ship, I managed to grab it because uh, I found it. And I have held on to it while also clinging on to life. Well, with Anthony bleeding out and freezing in the water, and I'm just freezing to death, uh, we look at each other as our lives are uh, dwindling away. But then something starts to happen. Peter Peter's delirious because he thought it was a good idea to drink some of the salt water because he was really thirsty. But he's still on the lifeboat with the other women and kids, <laughs> blending in. And what he actually thought was the sound coming from the crown was the sound of Jackal's tugboat arriving to the beacon that Anthony had left onside, uh, inside the lifeboat. So quickly, um, Jackal sees what's going on, you know, with the wreckage everywhere, and as many people as like are near them all start flooding to his tugboat which is dangerous because it only has such a certain capacity so people are are just like climbing basically on top of it um and like he's also trying to like help a couple people up yeah also Uh, so he comes over to the beacon and finds pete uh along with like the women and kids and asks where's the rest of the crew where's the uh, jewel what happened to the ship (laughs) But he knows that he ain't going to get a lot of answers, so he just helps up Pete right now, who's still distraught from drinking seawater. Anthony's a mermaid. I've seen the powers of a jewel. So Jackal thinks Pete is just crazy from drinking the seawater. But actually, Peter had seen the jewel dwindling because the entire wreckage. People didn't really know what it was. Some people thought it was caused by a glacier. But what they didn't know was that this jewel, while it was worshipped in many different cultures and linked to the Fountain of Youth, the real history behind it was that it was always passed from culture to culture because it was believed to be very, very unlucky. And wherever it went, natural disaster always followed, which is why the Queen of England was originally trying to ship the jewel away uh, on, on this boat to get it over to the Americas because she was surrendering the jewel as they had already experienced a huge catastrophic event. It was a curse. And she was trying to get rid of it before another one happened. It was a so cur- when this, It was a cursed gem. The reason the jewel was in that uh, container was because it, that container was the only known thing that could prevent the jewel from unleashing its weird, you know, Bermuda-like catastrophic powers. But once Deshaun had opened it, it had solidified 
the fate of the ship. So Anthony and Deshaun are still drifting out on wood um, about, you know, a few hundred feet away from uh, Pete's ship with the jewel, but they don't know any of this right now, but they do see the jewel in their hand lighting up and gleaming in the moonlight, shining way brighter than it should. And, and looking at each other, we're just like, this, this thing doesn't work natural. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like we shouldn't, like, we shouldn't keep this. <laughs> I said to Deshaun. And I said that, and, and I basically agree, and because me and Anthony, we've been in this water for a while, and, and around us, all the other people that were screaming are now dead, and they're just floating, frozen bodies just drifting in the water, and we've managed to cling to as much life as we could, but uh, it's now, you know, we, we, we're at the, the edge of it, so... so. As is the nature of our adventure, we have a choice to make. So, we either cho- need to choose to hold on to the jewel and hold out for the uh, last hope of Pete and the tugboat coming to rescue us, or we can let it go and try to move our driftwood slightly closer to where we see the tugboat is out because its lights, uh, we can see it out in the ocean. So, so what I do is I decide that we should chuck it so I, I put my hand out and I just drop it into the water so it just floats all the way down to the bottom of the ocean floor and uh, we realize that the, the thing that we're holding on to it could actually support me and Anthony so we both climb up one at a time and we balance out as it just floats and because driftwood can support two people, <laughs> <laughs> and we just look, and we just look at the the sky as the uh, the the boat, who's picking up whatever survivors and uh, as it can as it tries to look for us. And Pete notices us uh, out in the distance, and the b- boat comes to us. But coincidentally. Because of the waves, we started losing you. But Deshaun, he looks to his right and sees the flare from the enemy, the blue flare. Yeah, the flare gun. So he shoots the flare gun into the air, and then we find them again. Because I had been shot and bled out a lot in the water, <laughs> and it was also freezing cold, and we had been on the driftwood for a while, like I wasn't sure if I was going to make it anymore. And only one of us could make it out. So as, you know, Deshaun is calling out, look, look, there's the tug, but look, Pete's coming. I slowly lose consciousness and slip into the water. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> so Anthony is dead. And then uh, at, this, at that time, the boat finally arrives. I get picked up. And you see the driftwood that like we were on, but you don't see me on it anymore, knowing that like I had already gone on under the water. And you guys sail basically towards like the bigger rescue ship that had come up to help other people as other ships were coming up from the Titanic's SOS. Um, so the enemy heist group disappears, never to be seen again, and you guys reconverge on the big ship um, with Jackal. Basically, mission failed, uh, but uh, he reveals to you the information that he found about it, you know, what we talked about earlier, that 
he was wrong. This wasn't just like England's crown jewel. This item, like, has been passed from culture to culture. Everywhere it went, praised for its beauty and for its value, but always following with catastrophic disaster. Mm-hmm. Finally, make it to America within the next few days. You know, you see all the news on the headlines, kind of mourning, like my loss. Uh, uh, Your loss. <laughs> so you set up life there, you know. This and a little time skip. It's about like 80 years later now. You guys are old, um, so it's about modern day almost. You know, it's pre pre COVID days, pre Trump days, but it's almost modern day. You know, like the 90s when Jurassic Park just came out, a bunch of good movies and stuff. But like technology had really advanced, and um, you guys were old, but you're still living um, basically like in houses right next to each other as you guys were best friends. And you see on the news that they were launching a basically a recovery mission of the Titanic, trying to find as much artifacts of it as you can. And without too much details, they excitedly report on the news that they found a lost artifact um, that had hadn't been seen since the Titanic went down, that no one knew was on it, but it hadn't resurfaced to the world since the day or since the weeks before the Titanic set sail. No. What is to come next? Dun dun dun. Mermaid bones. <laughs> dun 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 dun. Thanks for listening. And that the is, end. and that is the story of the heist on the Titanic. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening throughout the entirety of season two. For now, season two has come to an end i hope you guys enjoyed this story and if you haven't already if this was your first story you've listened into check out all the other ones especially trek through rock bottom since most of you guys have always been listening to that one most uh and all the other stuff that we have from season one and stay tuned for the epilogue that's right (laughs) showmanship (laughs) acting (laughs) Friends, <laughs> these are all words. <laughs> Secret ingredient, but what they forgot to add was chemical X. <laughs> Damn, was, I was thinking about. I was so sad. I would have been up at your arching ceremony. I mean, you could still come. <laughs> you could still come whenever it is. Oh, I was gonna say. I was just say, you want me to go there right now? <laughs> we'll show up. No. You can borrow my old gown. <laughs> Okay, well, no, we're just having our own show. Did you read the email? Yeah, no, I figured like what it'll email? probably be a winner or anything, if anything, right? Yeah, what's the email again, Pete? Because I got like so many. They said, well, "It was a congratulations Ramfold class of 2020, right?" And then they say, "If we go all the way down to celebrating Arching Day, we uh, visit the yeah. Arching Day website on May 14th for a special tribute video tribute." Then, in honor of a college tradition of arching, join us at 4.15 by posting a photo of you arching, they put in italicized, at home. Head under oh. an archway between two rooms or through a doorway. Oh. <laughs> or even through an arch at your local community. No, no. no I, I'll do no. with the real thing. <laughs> at the doorway, not an archway. <laughs> oh, oh, no. He's mad and sad. I'll do the real <laughs> thing. Wait, does... I mean, I appreciate i guess that they're trying to do 
something, but like, are they still gonna try to do the real thing later on? Yeah, that, that's their plan, yeah, okay. but <laughs> just no, not right now. Like, yeah, I mean, I, like, I appreciate. No. I guess that's fine, but are they? They're still gonna do it later, right? Yeah, like the plan is either depend. It all depends on how this pandemic turns out. Like, if it's everything's fine by September, then it's September. If it's fine by the winter, then the winter. If it's fine by next spring when class of 21 is supposed to graduate. Double graduation. (laughs) You'll be like, I'm back. (laughs) Graduated last year. (laughs) Here I am. And now give me my one year master's. Damn. (laughs) I still can't get a job because the the jobs are all gone. (laughs) You hear that, Dad? You ain't coming right now. 